All right, amen, amen. Church, wasn't uh, the testimony from Jekela uh, beautiful? You know, give her a thumbs up or a, a heart or like just to let you let her know, encourage her. You know, encouragement is nourishment. We really wanted to kind of bless you guys with that, uh, with that testimony uh, this evening before we get started, you know. Uh, like I said, this is the first time in 2,000 years the church is unable to gather to worship God. Right? And it's a pretty sobering thought, but it also happens to mean that this is one of the most important Easter service ever because everyone, with, to a lack of a better word, is, is in the mood to listen and to hear. The world is a lot quieter. Souls are a lot more attuned. The panic and the fear has caused people to begin to listen to what's going on deep inside, and there is a cry for hope. And so how beautiful it is that the peak of corona hitting the United States is also the moment, right, where Easter Sunday occurs. And so I pray, I hope that this message will give you a sense of hope and peace as we welcome in Easter, as we begin to walk in Easter. But tonight we are dealing with uh, the Good Friday. You know, it used to be be that we were distracted by work, right? And we can't work anymore because we're all stuck at home. It used to be that we were distracted by entertainment. Now all the entertainment is closed. We used to be distracted by sports, and all the sports are canceled. used to be that we were distracted by health, and now we are surrounded by death. Most of you guys probably know somebody who's either died, or you know somebody who knows somebody who's died from the COVID-19. And you know, it's... um, and, and, and we begin to kind of come to the realization for the first time that death is this real thing that's going to happen. That death is this real thing that's just right there. And it begins to kind of give us a little bit more um, thoughts and reflection. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight for Good Friday. And we're talking about death. Um, Good Friday, usually in the Christian churches, we're, we're talking about the death of Jesus Christ specifically. But we're talking about death as a whole generally. And today, I want to share with you guys a message that hopefully will give you the resource and the tool and the hope to be able to see death in a different light. You know, it's called Good Friday for a reason. And I pray that today, after this message, you're going to be able to see death in a way that actually makes it look good, that actually helps you to see death without fear, without panic, without hopelessness, but actually to look at death and feel that it is good, right? So two things today um, I want to share with you guys, two thoughts. First, without Jesus, death is the executioner, right? Without Jesus, death is the executioner. With Jesus, death is the gardener. That's my two points. That's my main heart. It's for you guys to understand that. Without Jesus, death is the executioner. With Jesus, death is the gardener. All right, if you guys can join with me in the Word. Uh, if you've got to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, we're going to be dancing mostly around that, chapter 15. I just have one verse to share with you, and I'm going to share from Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Rome, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 56, it says, The sting of death is sin. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. In these verses, it sounds like death is a punishment, Right? 
that death is, 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 is coming to collect its wages. Death needs to get paid. Death is the final blow and the essence of life. Death is the destroyer of life. Death is the executioner. It destroys everything we know about life. Without Jesus, death is the executioner. Everybody say at home, say executioner. So you're asking how? How is death the executioner without Jesus? How is not having Jesus turned death into the execution? So let me give you two points, right? Two point of view. If you're at home right now and you are just a non-believer and somehow, some way, some way they got you to sit in front of a TV to watch this message to, at this dude, right? If you're there, right, I welcome you. I just want to give you a thought exercise for a second. For any modern secular person, any atheist out there, here's my word. Here's, here's some thoughts, okay? Something to think about. As death approaches your worldview, your frame of mind, your thought, as death approaches, one of the things that death brings into the forefront of the reality of your life, death begins to tell you that there is no meaning to life. For a person who has lived their life thinking, you know what? God is not real. He does not exist. I'm whatever with it. Death, as it approaches, as it comes nearer, it brings into this reality, this point that tells us that death, that, that your life has no meaning. Life has no meaning for you because you've lived your whole life believing that life is an accident. It was brought here by accident. There is no meaning to life. There is no meaning to our existence. As death begins to come closer, love, you realize, has no meaning. When you kiss your spouse, your children, that feeling you have, it's meaningless. It ends up being useless because love, from your point of view, is what? It's just a mode of survival. It's a product for your survival. I don't know how that works, so ask me to explain that, right? But that's the explanation that's given. Love, the feeling you get, is just for survival's sake. As death approaches, what you see is that you will have no meaning. The things you've done, the college education you have, cre uh, have, you, have you attained, the job, the wife, the husband, it has no meaning. Yeah, true, you could probably last one generation when people will remember you. But ultimately, if your worldview holds true, it will, the sun will burn out. The stars will cease to shine, energy will stop, everything will stop, and you will not be remembered. There is no purpose to life. That's what death does. You know, we're young, that's why we don't actually kind of feel it right now. We're young, so we kind of deny that. We're young, so we live our life not thinking about that. But we are in a season, we're in a year of death, aren't we? And death approaches like an executioner, cutting off all things telling us and reminding us if you hold to that everything is meaningless it's useless the way I mean you can live you can live I'm not saying you can't live right but you're going to be lying to yourself you're going to try to create meaning when it's not there death becomes the executioner without Jesus you guys following me but even if you're religious, here's my point, even if you're religious and you find yourself in a religion that's work-based, death doesn't bring you comfort. Death brings you anxiety because you're going to feel like death is coming to collect. 
See, if you're, if you're a religious person, you've spent your whole entire life trying to build capita. You're trying to see, like, if I build up enough good deeds in my life and it outweighs my bad deeds, I should be okay. But as death approaches, as, as death stands outside your door, you begin to ask the question. You begin to feel uncertain. You begin to ask, have I actually paid enough? Was I actually good enough? Was I faithful enough? Was I generous enough? Have I done enough good deeds to outweigh my bad deeds? We don't know. You don't know. And so you take your final breath with uncertainty. And as death begins to come closer, as we begin to feel it even more because of this pandemic, these questions begin to arise. And death is not comfort or solace to our soul. Death becomes the executioner. See, without Jesus, what we see death is, is the executioner. The final sting. The payment for sin. Without Jesus, death is the executioner. But here's the, here's the beauty of Good Friday. And here's the beauty of Easter. And here's the beauty of Christianity, which gives a resource and a tool that is far superior than any way of coping with life and death out there. Let me share that with you. In Christianity, we say what? With Jesus, death is the gardener. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me share with you this passage written by Paul. And listen to the language that he uses. It's a language of sowing. It's a language of planting. It's a language of raising up, right? Check this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 30. Let me start at 36. It says, how foolish what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. All flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly body is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, and stars differ from stars in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown in natural body, it is raised in spiritual body. Right? Do you know what Paul is saying here? That with Jesus, death is no longer the executioner, death is the gardener. Yeah, right? That's a huge transition, isn't it? When you think executioner, you're thinking the big dudes with the black hoods and buff and carrying an axe coming, right, to cut off your, you think of that kind of picture. And that's kind of menacing, that's kind of scary, that, kind, that, 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 that elicits fear and anxiety and panic and hopelessness. But then all of a sudden, the language here is used that death is a gardener. I don't feel menacing by a gardener. I think of like an old dude with a hat on, with gloves outside on a sunny day, planting, right? It's peaceful. It's actually beautiful. 
For a Christian with a relationship with Jesus, you know what death does? You know what death does? Death doesn't collect its wages. Death doesn't leave us hoping for meaningless. All death does is plant us. Death is the gardener. He plants us. And all that death can do to us now, all that death can do to you now, is make you better. Like a gardener who sows an acorn, it raises to become a tree. When death sows us as perishable, we are raised as imperishable. When death sows us in dishonor, we are raised in glory. When death sows us in weakness, we are raised in power. And when death sows us in physical bodies, it raises up in spiritual bodies. Death is a gardener to a Christian because death only makes us better. That's why when a Christian looks at death, they are not afraid. They are not panicked. That's why Paul had the strength and the courage to say, to live is Christ and to die is, that's right, gain. He sees death as a gain because he knows death is not an execution. It doesn't leave things hopeless. It doesn't make things empty. It doesn't collect. Death for a believer in Jesus tells us we're being planted and we're only being made better. Do you know why this is such a beautiful news? Do you know why it's Good Friday? Because we see death not as an evil thing, but actually a good thing. Let me show you the resource. See, if you're, if you're, if you're on your deathbed and you begin to pray, as we all do, and we say, hey, God, would you bring healing to us? And if you pray that prayer and you live, you live. But if you die, you really live. See, if you're on your deathbed and you begin to pray with your family, say, God, would you just let me come back to my family? And if he answers the prayer, you're with your family. But if you die, you're with the family, the family. If you're on your deathbed and you, go and you, and you, and you begin to pray, God, just, would you just let me come home? Can I just come home? And if you live, you go home. But if you die... You really come home. It's a win-win situation. There is no fear. There is no disappointment. You guys get that? See, that's why on, 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 on our deathbed, we can pray for people. We can pray for fellow believers. And we know that whatever the result, it's a win. Of course we're going to feel sad because we're going to miss them for a time. We're not going to have them with us for a while. But they're not lost. They're not... You, it's only lost if you don't know where it's at. They're not lost. And for a believer, we know that. We hold on to that. It's a win-win situation. You guys get me? Without Jesus, death becomes the executioner. It tells you that everything you have done, meaningless. It tells you that everything that you have done, it, it's coming to collect. And you don't even know. You don't even know if you're done good enough. If you actually believe there's an afterlife, you believe there's some sort of God out there, but you come from a background where it's all about what I do to prove myself, you'd never know if you've proved yourself enough. So death comes, and it gives you anxiety and fear. But with Jesus, death doesn't come as the executioner. Death 
comes as a gardener. It plants us and only makes us better. Isn't that beautiful news? Isn't that good? Right? And I know some of you guys at home are saying, how? How does that work for a Christian? How how come that doesn't work for me? What about Christianity that allows for you to even say that? Let me tell you, it's the resurrection. That's why in the Christian faith, everything hangs on the resurrection. Jesus Christ resurrecting from the dead. He He took on the very blow of the executioner and he defeated death. Death no longer has grip on him. Death no longer has a right over him. Death no longer has power over him. It's like if you're in jail and you've been sentenced to a two-year sentence, right? What happens when you're in jail? You are held at the grip and the mercy of the jail. It has its right over you. It has its power over you. For how long? Exactly two years. But on that third year, that first day, that first minute, the first second of that third year, it loses its power completely. And so what Jesus did when he came back from the dead, and this only happens because he came back. If he died and he stayed down there, he is still caught up with death being the executioner. But because God raised him from the dead, Jesus rising from the dead is God saying, death cannot keep you anymore. Death is no longer the executioner. Death now becomes the gardener. And if we place our trust in Jesus, that right, that right to be free of death's grip, that right to be free of death's power, that right to be no longer see death as the executioner is then imparted to us. It's like if you belong to your family, the rights and privileges of your family is given to you. So in the same way, if you belong to the family of Jesus, the right and privileges of that family is imparted to you. That's how. Because no other faith out there talks about God coming back from the dead. No other faith out there tells us of the resurrection. See, the question you should ask is, is the resurrection true? Is the resurrection real? If Jesus is who he says he is and the resurrection is real, can I tell you something? Death becomes the gardener. You face death, not with fear, not with panic, but a calmness and a peace. You see death all around you and you don't lose your mind. You face it with peace, resilience, courage, and calmness. Why? Because death can only make you better, church. Death can only make you better. And so I hope that this few days, as you are waiting for the resurrection, that you think about death, that you meditate upon death. Without Jesus, death is the executioner. But with Jesus, death is the gardener. It gives us peace, does it not? It gives us strength, does it not? And I hope and I pray that you will take that and you will give hope, that you will uh, give peace to those in need of it this, this, um, this season of Easter. We love you, church. We love you, friends and family. Have a great one. Let's pray.